Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's backbone. Welcome to my second annual Broadway debut episode. My special guests are Riza Takahashi, Benji Rivera, and Alicia Charles. Hello, I'm sitting here in Shetler's studio with my second annual Broadway debut episode. I'm very excited. I have three great guests here. Uh, Alicia, Hi. Ben, Benjamin. Ben, Benji, Benjamin. Benjamin. I always remember you. <laughs> you wanted to change your first name to Cheeto. Cheeto Rivera. Right. Cheeto Rivera. It runs in the blood. It runs Me in the blood. Me and Cheeto, you know. It's Cheeto Rivera. Which for, in, in my phone for a while it said Cheeto. Because I remember <laughs> you saying that. Because it's like, because I'm not Cheeto Rivera. Right. And Riza. So I'm very excited to have you guys here. Riza is in, currently in previews of Mean Girls. Yay! So she's a little crazy and overwhelmed, so I'm thrilled that she's here. And both Benjamin and Alicia uh, are in Aladdin. So I'm going to start with Alicia. Uh, Where are you from and how did you get started? So I'm from Fort Myers, Florida, and I started as a dancer. My mom put me in dance when I was like five years old and I fell in love with it. And then at about 11, we kicked my dancing into high gear and we went to a competitive dancing school called Robin Don Academy. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> so I was dancing six days a week and competing like once a month. And then in the summers, we would go to nationals, which were out of state. And a lot of them were in New York City. So I got exposed to a lot of New York choreographers and got to take class at BBC and like got exposed to musical theater. So I really caught the bug doing competitions. And then did you go to college for it? Yes, then I went to Marymount Manhattan College. I moved up here. And what was your major? I majored in dance and minored in musical theater. All right, and here you are. What happened to your equity card? So that happened doing High School Musical 2. It was the world premiere. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a couple years after I graduated. So it felt like it was a really big step. And it was really exciting to get my equity card. I didn't even know there was a High School Musical 2. Yeah. (laughs) It was in Atlanta, Theater of the Stars. Very fun. Yeah. And Ben, how about you? I'm from Muscatine, Iowa. I grew up as a gymnast first. So my gymnastics coach wanted me to start taking dance to kind of help like the lines and the feet and the flexibility. And then he also wanted to start to use my gymnastics in some of the dances he was setting. So the gymnastics led to the dancing. And then I kind of took a break from training in gymnastics and dance to kind of be a kid. He wanted me to be like a big city New York kind of like train like eight hours a day kind of guy after school. But I was like in small town Iowa and wanted to like go to homecoming and like be in the school musical and like play tennis and swim and I couldn't do both and so I chose to kind of to step aside from like the technical training. But that's when I feel like I really blossomed in the like love for like being in the school musicals and being in show choir and school choir and jazz choir and still got to do a little bit of everything. And then I went to college at Oklahoma City University where I was oh, okay. a dance major. Is one of your teachers a Broadway alum? Yeah, Brian Markham. Yes. Yeah, Brian Markham did, I think he did it with you. Yes. And Ariel did it with him. Me and Ariel connected on that. There's a couple people from Aladdin who all done Casey Nicola did Spam a lot on Broadway. Yes, which is how I met you and how I met Riza. Yeah. Yes. So Riza, where are you from and how'd you get started? Born and raised? Born and raised. Really? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. 
So born and raised in Japan, and then I heard my mom put me into musical theater school back in Japan because I was just too loud as a kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> and singing around, as so she was like, oh, what can I do to just like calm her down? And she heard this thing musical, I was like, oh, she gets to act, sing, and dance at the same time? Great! So she put me in that. And then at some point I heard there's this place called Broadway that has all these musicals in America. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go there. And then by the time middle school came around, I was like, oh, I need to be able to speak English to be on Broadway. So I left. <laughs> Wait, where did your family go? You left your family or they came with you? Uh, no, they're still in Japan. You left them wow. in, middle, in middle school? Yeah. Independent woman. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I left when I was 16, went to Canada for high school to learn English, but also went to performing arts high school. The dance major thing, because I didn't speak English, so I couldn't really do theater then. And then I was learning English, did dance, and then I went to college here in America and studied musical theater. And here I am. And we went to college? The oh, Hart School. The, oh, the Hart School. Mm -hmm. Well, that, I was going to ask you that because it's a dumb white man question, but like, oh, you have no accent. It took a minute to get rid of the accents. Did I, I did have... You had a light accent when we met. Yeah. But it would, it would come and go, and depending on what you were saying. That was still... Because when I first went to college, I still was struggling, and I would introduce myself as, this is Risa. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> would say this is Riza to introduce me to someone so I was like oh that's how you introduce yourself <laughs> and people didn't tell me that was like wrong until like three months in it's like Riza so did they think your first name was this is <laughs> no, and your last name was Riza <laughs> <laughs> and they were like oh that's so cute and then I got to a point I was like Riza actually that's not it <laughs> so I mean college is where I really learned how to use English and how to be on stage with this language. That's great. Yeah, and so I'm assuming that you're fluent in Japanese. Yes. And you get to use it that much? Not very much when I'm here, but when I'm on my phone with my mom, that's when I use the language because she doesn't speak any English. Oh, None okay. of my family does, so. Sorry, it took so long. To that wasn't that long at all. It's very, <laughs> no, it's very interesting. So Alicia, where were you when you found out that you were making your Broadway debut and going into a lab? Yes, I was in Dwayne Reed. <laughs> um, I had a little basket, and I don't remember what aisle I was in. And I saw that my phone was ringing, and it was my agent. And I had had my final call back the day before, so I was kind of like on alert for the call. Yeah. And so, needless to say, I dropped my basket, and I ran out of Dwayne Reed, and I was on the sidewalk. And I picked up, and I was on speakerphone, and all my agents were on the line, and they were like, you're gonna be on Broadway! And I screamed, and I was jumping up and down on the street, so I probably looked crazy. <laughs> but then I was like, after all the excitement wore off, I was like, I'm also getting married this year. How is this gonna work? <laughs> so I was like, ah, this is gonna be crazy, but it all worked out. You straight away yes. Yeah, because I knew a lot of things already. I knew the date, I knew when my bachelorette was gonna be. So Disney was really great, Aladdin was really great, and they worked everything into my contract. So. Very nice.
And Ben, how about you? So mine was completely blindsiding. To start the story, I've auditioned for Aladdin like nine times in the last year. And every time I go in, it's like, oh, for Broadway, and then for the tour, and then for Broadway, and then for the tour, and then for Broadway, and then for the tour. And like one time I was injured, and they're like, we'll still come in and sing. Like, we know you, so like come in. It's just, I've like, I know them all by like name. Like I've been in so many times, know the combos, all of them. So it was like a full year for me of Aladdin. So my last audition for Aladdin, I think was in like November. And it was for the tour. They were looking for a vacation swing. Mm. And so nothing, I never heard anything from that audition. And you know, moving on with your life, I booked Will Rogers Follies at Goodspeed. Oh, okay. And I was supposed to start doing that in March. So January rolls around, it was January 5th. And I was at the gym working out and I get a call from my agent and he was like, we have some really bad news. And I was like, what? Oh, no. And he was like, Will Rogers Follies fell through. I'm like, ah. I'm like, are you kidding? What happened? And he's like, well, you have a, something else you have to do. And I'm like, what? Oh like, well, you can't be in it because you're going to be on Broadway. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what show? <laughs> like, I had no idea. It was like two months ago that I was in for Aladdin and it was the national tour. Right. So I had zero idea what Broadway show had called to offer me a job. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, the day before I was in for My Fair Lady, but I got cut. Like, I was like, what show am I debuting? I was like, so I, like, I had to run out of the gym because some poor girl was just like annoyed at my loud voice because I don't know how to whisper. And so I'm just out yeah. in the hallway. I'm out in the hallway, like just, it was literally blindsiding. It just like took me completely off guard. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's great though. It was fun because like, you know, when you do an audition, you sit around and wait and you wait and you wait and like two days go by and you're like, I can't believe I ever heard anything, you know, it like, eats you up. Yes. I didn't have that, you know, I didn't, I, I mean, I have had it many times, but not for like Aladdin this time. Yeah. I was like not even waiting for a call. Yeah, like, they do put you on file, I think. Right. And Billy Elliot, I got seven months after audition. Right, but people say that, but you don't know if you believe it. You're like, right. you get told that, and you're like, okay, you're like, <laughs> yeah, like honored, thank you, like please call me. But like, yeah. it actually happens, and you're like, oh, I was on file. Yeah, but then you find out, you're like, that is true. Casting directors are right. nice people. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> it is good to know. And reason, what about you? It's re so recent. Oh uh, yeah, it was a little crazy with the audition process. I didn't do the lab, and they already had everybody else, but they were looking for one replacement and two swings for the girls. So I went into the ECC, and everybody in town showed up, and <laughs> I was like, oh, this is just a fun thing to do. And then I made it through to the invited call where everybody was also there. Right. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, I thought people were getting cut, but no, everybody was still there. Yeah. And then the final call happened where Again, everybody was there. Yeah, it's amazing that like, you think like the final call, there'd be like 10 people and there's still like yes, 100. 100 people. And then Sweet Casey was like, we're only looking for one girl and two swings. So like, don't take it personal if you don't, you don't get caught or anything. And Tina Fey's right there. Wow. Like in the final <laughs> call, I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then make a cut and we get to sing and get I get to do the Janice sides and everything. I kind of blacked out that day. <laughs> but then it happened. And I was rehearsing for the Nymph show that summer, last summer. And two days later, I get a call from my agent. And I was like, is this, is this it? But I was going in for different things too. So I was like, I shouldn't psych myself up. I'm on the train. I was like, God damn, this train's really slow. And I get to the stop and I pick up the call. And he was like, so Risa, 
what color do you wear on Wednesdays? Oh. I was like, no! Which is you. Yeah, and you wouldn't think that. <laughs> Wait, why not? Well, it was just like, because there's so many girls who were there throughout right. it. Which was good, I think, because I, I, I didn't think it was going to be me, so I was relaxed. Right. As relaxed as you can be in front of, you know, <laughs> those creatives. Those creatives, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I had the most fun at the audition, and it, that's hard to do, I feel like, yeah. sometimes. Mm -hmm. It was just a crazy whirlwind from did you audition for the lab too, or was this your first time? Uh, this was my first time because I was in Japan when the lab audition was happening, ah. just visiting my family and everything, right. so I missed that. So this was just kind of... From an open ECC, see that's amazing also. Yeah, right? yeah that's great. That's so cool. That they took me like seriously. They were looking. Yeah, yeah. they were looking for Risa. They did. Yeah, <laughs> that's when, you know, that's what's great to know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so uh, Alicia, uh, what was your path to Aladdin? So I had been in for Aladdin a lot as well. Like like Benji, I knew the combos. I was very familiar with it. So for this final invited call that kind of came out of the blue, I had just gotten back from Guys and Dolls, mm. and I was like on a high because that was such a great contract, yeah. and I was about to plan my wedding. And then I get a call from my agent saying, there's an invited call for Aladdin. They're looking for a replacement. Are you free? I was like, yes. <laughs> because I had been in so many times and I was in for the tour and got down to the end. So for this call, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go in. And I wasn't nervous because I knew it so well. Mm. So I just kind of like danced and performed and it went really well. And there was a group of like 20 of us. And then they cut us like in half and they put us on tape and we had to sing and do the combos one at a time and vocalize. Oh, the vocalize. Yeah. And this was all recorded. They gave me sides in the room, character woman sides, like solo singing lines. Mm. And I, they were like, you're most likely going to be in tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So then the next day we had the final callback and there were only three of us. Oh, <laughs> nice Yeah. Right. And we went in again, sang. We didn't have to dance that time. Did the solo line, and that was it. And oh. I just waited. <laughs> and how long was it? Did you have to wait? Oh, just, just a day. Just a day. So yeah. That's kind of good. Yeah. All right. Start with reason because it's so recent. Like your first night on Broadway was kind of a big deal with it being a first preview, but also the Gypsy Run. What was that like for you to be like making that night? Because I think everyone thinks about opening night, but your yeah. your first your Broadway debut was not opening night. You already had it. Yeah. Just recently. <laughs> Just recently, it's it's been crazy because the Gypsy Run felt like the oh, like the debut almost. Yeah. Because. Casey brought all the debuts out on stage before we Aww. started. So cool. It's like because we have so many debuts. We have thirteen people debuting wow. for their show, all fresh face. So like he brought us all on stage, and we had like all these like love and support with like everybody from the audience and the team and everything. So it was just like crazy. And then we performed. It was still like so much energy from the audience. We were talking to Carrie Butler backstage, and she's like, "Well." 
I mean, today is your debut. Audience is here, so there you go. I was like, oh, and I wasn't prepared. Yeah, no, because I think it's that because you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about like yeah. opening, but the first time you perform on a Broadway stage. Yeah, was it? And and then the first preview happened, which is like when stage dooring happened, and all the fans show up, and they're like first row, great super fans for the show. Who like came to see in DC multiple times? They send us packages and like fan mails and all these like amazing fans. So they were there, and just like the energy was just like so crazy in the best way. Yeah. I don't know. I think I blacked out again. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't black out over the night. Yeah. You have to remember something. Yeah. I mean, it's I remember, but it's so weird because we did it in DC. Right. So it doesn't feel like we're doing it for the first time. We feel like we're, some of them are very comfortable and familiar. I have to remind myself, oh, this is Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a Broadway stage. Absolutely. And a great theater, too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. I'm still like trying to remember that this is happening. Yeah. It's a lot of fun and pressure. Yeah. Well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I think uh, Alicia and Ben, your Broadway debut, they're like, get out there, your costumes aren't quite ready, <laughs> and, don't kill, yeah. and don't kill anyone. Yes. So, I mean, it's still like crazy exciting for you, but for the right. rest of the company, they're thinking about themselves because it's not a group thing. Right. So how was both of that for you, and when did you consider your opening night and have people come? Did you give yourself a private preview period? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were going to be there no matter what, <laughs> and my husband. Yeah, I had never been put into a show before, so that was a crazy experience, like being alone and with the dance captain in a room, and she's explaining everything to you, and telling you these different names of people, and you're like, I don't know who that is, but I'll write it down, <laughs> and like doing your homework, and then eventually getting on stage with everyone, and kind of seeing the props, and our show is so big, there's so many moving parts, so many costumes, so many props, the set is crazy. <laughs> so you really had to like do your homework and concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> and how did it go? Were you just... It was great. Um, I was nervous because my first entrance is in a carpet. <laughs> like I literally get rolled up in a carpet off stage and then these two... I carry her <laughs> on. Carries I me carry on. the rug on. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys pick me up on each end, put me down on the stage and push me out. And I have to stand up and start dancing basically after five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> no. <laughs> so a lot of that is out of your control kind of. So I just kind of had to like cross my fingers and trust that I was ready. And I really felt ready. Our dance captains are wonderful. Oh, great. But I was very nervous. For all the props, especially. And how was you put in? Were like people attentive? Yes. Well, it was so funny because it's so high stakes for you. Right. But everyone else had been in the show for so long, so they all seemed so casual to me. I was like, I'm dying here. <laughs> I'm alone in this. <laughs> it's such a weird feeling. Oh, yeah. But it was so great. Everyone was so sweet and helped me a lot and welcoming, so... I couldn't have asked for a better debut. Oh, good. And how about you, Benji? For me, it's funny because I've done a lot of replacement work. Oh. I've like, my agents joke that I'm like the closer. Like, you know, this, <laughs> like, they send in the closing picture to shut down the game. Like, oh. of my five national tours, I only opened two of them. 
And the rest of them have been replacements. I've been like replacement swing and like that's just the most massive amount of material ever and a lot of homework and so coming into this, I was like very like I knew exactly what it was gonna feel like. I mean, mm. as far as being a replacement, but you know, with Broadway, I was excited to see what's gonna be different or you know. And I have worked for Disney before. I did Disney Cruise Lines and I just adore Disney. Yeah. They just don't cut corners. No. They're so passionate about their what they put out. Like there's a reason they're like such monopoly. There's a reason they own like Fox, ESPN, Marvel. They like are the best at what they do because they only hire the best at what they do. And the people who are passionate, like not only are they talented, but like they care. And like even in like a random like on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean, like we were putting up like Broadway caliber shows. Right. So like being with the Disney show, coming in with puddings, like all the props I ever needed were always at rehearsal. Like yes. it didn't matter. Like the Disney made extra props so that rehearsals they always had props. And like you have. So much rehearsal. I, I did mine in two weeks, which for me is kind of what I'm used to for a replacement. And I felt like I had so much time in the studios. Like, I was like, we were always in the studios beyond what I needed. Like, they just don't cut corners on what it takes and needs. It's like she was saying, it's a massive show with like yeah. moving parts and people and the sets and there's pyro and there's um, lifts and whatnot. So it's nice that they take all that into account. Every show I've replaced on, the first time I touch the stage is the put-in. Like the first time I get to be on the stage is the put-in day. But with, did, but with Aladdin, I was there on a Tuesday, which is overtime. They have to pay people overtime for me to be there on a Tuesday. The crew gets overtime and I know the crew is just like the most expensive to hire. And then the dance captains and stage management had to be there. So they had me on stage Tuesday with everybody. Then they had me on stage Thursday again. For spacing. For spacing. And then yeah. Friday I put it. So before I even debuted, I had been on stage three times. I've yes. touched everything. I've seen wow, everything. Like that's great. Dizzy does, like it just, you can tell that they, they know that it can be dangerous. So why, why not pay the extra to keep people happy and safe? So for me, like going into it, I was just like blown away by that. I was like, before I even started, I was like thrilled at how things were being handled and how like people cared so much about me feeling safe. So by the time I hit the stage, I felt beyond prepped. Oh, I, all my costumes, thankfully, the guy I replaced had been gone on medical leave and his costumes were like brand new still. They just fitted them to me, so all my costumes were ready, but shoes, shoes. were a whole other story. <laughs> I had the nastiest blisters on my both oh. feet. I had two on both feet for a solid, I, they're still like scars right now. Oh. But it was the longest because they build the boots like you know you go to T.O. Day and he like measures you. And, I love getting my shoes. Made. Right, but <laughs> it took like I think it took five weeks to get my first pair of boots. So I was wearing like these black, maybe not actually dance boots. Like I'm not even sure if they were like a dance company. They didn't feel like a dance company <laughs> shoe. They're like a Cuban heel on them. They were the most miserable shoes ever. Finally, I started getting my boots like five, six weeks later. And yesterday was the first day I got taps. That happened to me too. Yep. Yesterday was my first <laughs> show dancing with tap shoes. It's such a different feeling. It's so slippery. <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, oh, oh. <laughs> hold back, hold back. This is like week seven for me. Wow. So just now have a full a full costume full right. show. Yeah. Why well, know you did the bodyguard tour? What are the other tours? I did non-equity national tour of Anything Goes. I was mm -hmm. a replacement swing. Non-equity national tour of Elf. Then I was on Dirty Dancing. Oh, okay. And that's the one where I went equity. And I was a replacement swing on that. And then bodyguard. I was dance captain and had my own track. And then I did Elf one more time here at Madison Square Garden in equity cast. Oh, okay. For three weeks. <laughs> my friends like laugh and roll their eyes at me because my contracts are like three weeks. Four weeks, two months, three months, three weeks. Like I get these like national tour credits that like I'm the replacement, I'm the closer. Hey, yeah, the closer. They, I'm, like, I'm like the replacement swing the last month of a tour. But they don't know how long you were. No, they see I get the same credit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
So uh, this next question, right now there's a, there's a hot topic of people of color being marginalized in show business, which is a very true thing. But also with the Me Too thing, there's some hot topics that are being brought to the center. When it comes to, I, I use people of color as a general term, it's kind of a new all-inclusive one. Where have you personally felt marginalized by show business and it's been a disadvantage, but then also twofold, where do you think it's also been to your advantage? Resist uh, I was thinking about this and it's hard because sometimes behind the table thing, I don't know what's going on. So I don't know if I'm being marginalized or I was just not right for the part. Mm. And I'm also a tiny person, so I don't know if it was a height thing or if it was an Asian thing when I go to an audition. And you know, if I go to a hairspray audition, maybe I understand why I wasn't right for it. But if I go to a show that doesn't matter race, and then I get cut. I don't know. I don't want to assume that the reason why I got cut was because I was a person of color. But I think for Mean Girls, I think it was a good thing because me being the only Asian girl in the ensemble was something maybe that they were looking for. I'm not sure, again. Right. So that's something hard for me to say because I don't know what's happening. Right. Um, but you're probably the most talented and then they're like, and... <laughs> a different type than right. everybody else. Right. Recently, we had the hottest course boy and hottest course girl timeout came out, which did not include any Asians this oh. year. I'm, I'm not saying like, I should be in the hottest girl or anything, but there are Asians on Broadway shows right now and they were not included. And I think those are the moments where we get looked over if there aren't any Asian shows that's running on Broadway. Oh. For example, last year, Miss Saigon was on Broadway, and three girls from Miss Saigon were on Time Out, Hottest Course Girl, which was great. I was like, yay, like we're representing our race. And this year came out, and none of us were on it, and I'm an Asian on Broadway, and also there's a beautiful boy in our chorus who's, who's also Asian. And I know a few people who's on Broadway right now who weren't included. Yeah. And maybe we weren't the hottest ones, and <laughs> that's why we didn't get picked. But I think as an Asian, sometimes they forget that we are also people of color. Right. When they were talking about African American and white people, it's like, here too. <laughs> no, I absolutely. So that's the only time I was like, oh, this is something I'm feeling. It's interesting because you're not necessarily in this show playing an Asian. You're playing a no. high school girl yeah. where in Miss Saigon, it's part of it. So I think mm -hmm. then they forget you, which is what they want. You, we want yeah. we want it to be colorblind. Yeah. So that's interesting. And part of the reason why I came here early is to get rid of the accent and everything is that I didn't want to limit myself to King and I, Miss Saigon, all those Asian shows. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to limit myself to that. And I wanted to be able to be in a show like Mean Girls where color doesn't matter. I'm just a high school girl. Right. Or just any shows I can be in because there's no reason for them to say no because I speak fluent English and they can cast me if they have an open mind. Yeah. So that's one thing I have to say. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, and what about you, Benji? For me, I think I've tried to be, especially in the last couple of years, I've tried to be a little bit more aware. How do I say? It's just like I'm the lucky side of it mm. because I was like born and raised in Iowa. I've like had a very Midwest, Middle America upbringing where like I blend into Midwest. That's easy for me because that's all I've done. Right. But my dad is Puerto Rican, and with the last name like Rivera, especially nowadays, 
people want the name and the actual blood more than like, it's like, yes, you have the look, but like now people also want your last name to represent it too. Like I had a friend who got cut from On Your Feet and he's Puerto Rican and he has, but his dad isn't and his last name isn't. And then he changed it to his mom's last name because his mom's Puerto Rican and he got kept all the way through to the end. Like who knows if that's the exact reason, but like you have to have a theory because he like, Consciously was like everybody in that room was like very heavily Hispanic. So I'm just I've been very lucky and I'm trying to be more aware of that and never like take it for granted that I've been pretty lucky on that side because Bodyguard they wanted a very colorful cast and I wouldn't say I was hired as the token colorful cast because I wasn't I was like that Midwest white boy in my surrounding of who else was cast in that show and then I turn around and Aladdin thinks I'm ethnic enough to be an Agrabah, you know, so I've been very fortunate with it and I don't ever want to like take that for granted because I know it's hard out there for others and I don't want to become ignorant to the fact that it's like that. Right. Because I think growing up in Iowa, I was pretty ignorant and oblivious to a lot. And I think still nowadays I try to sit back more and listen before just saying my opinion because I think that I just didn't realize how hard it was for some people. Right. And but like, you also sounds like you were kind of forced to blend in. Yeah. In a sense, of, as opposed to being allowed to you know, right. relish your last name. Right. I think it's good that we don't, not we, I'm, <laughs> I'm as white as they come. But that people don't like feel like they have to change their Hispanic last names right. to sound white anymore. Right. Because they're changing their white last names to sound yeah. Hispanic. Because I didn't get a Hispanic upbringing. My grandpa came to the country and wanted to be an American family, so stopped speaking Spanish. So my dad doesn't speak Spanish. The only Spanish me and my brother speak is high school and college because we kind of were like, we have this in our blood, but with zero exposure to it. Mm. And times have changed. Like now being bilingual is such an incredible skill. And we're not. Like I have like a very base level. I don't, don't use it much <laughs> we anymore. We, <laughs> we, throw, we throw a couple words around just for fun. So it was just like, because I didn't even get that upbringing because it was back then it wasn't the thing to be. Right. And now I'm like encouraged to be the ethnic side. Yeah. Which I think is great. Which has been cool though, because when I did Disney Cruise Lines, I got to stop in Puerto Rico once a week. And my cousins and aunts and uncles also live there. And so I only met them as children. Like when I was little, little, we used to go for Christmas and stuff. But my dad has like 12 siblings and like, it just got to be too much to really keep in touch with everybody. And you get busy and you don't travel as much. And so I stopped seeing them. So I never really got to facilitate like an adult relationship with that side of my family. And so going Disney and every Thursday, my cousin would pick me up from my port and we would do like adventures. And like on Christmas Eve, our entire family came to my port and like did a Christmas dinner. And like, Aww. it was like, it's just been really cool recently to like connect with that side. Cause it is part of who I am. I just never really got the chance to connect to it. And Alicia, how about you? So my parents are Dominican. So I'm first generation American. So I grew up bilingual and everything with all the culture. As far as my career goes, yeah, it does seem like most shows have a limit on how many people of color they are casting. So in a lot of the shows I've gotten cast in, I'm one of three or two. If you're lucky. The, the token. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. So I'm really happy to be in a company now that's so colorful and you don't really comment on race in the show. We're just showgirls, we're just performing and it's not about race, but it's so diverse and it's 
really awesome to watch. But my Latino-ness <laughs> has worked for me in other ways. I got cast in West Side Story, so it was really cool to tap into my Latin culture on stage and speak Spanish. Oh, nice. Um, our company used half and half Spanish and English, so that was really cool. Oh, excellent. Well, so Alicia, when we were together, you were a hotbox girl. Yeah. And so you were basically stripping on stage. And, <laughs> uh, and I know now in the lab that some of these uh, Great Barnes costumes are stunning. But, you know what I mean, some of them are very revealing. Yes. How do you feel about your body image and the sexualization of women, also the glorification to them, and also like also uh, in a reverent way as well? And where do you fit in with that? So, yes, I think that sexualization happens a lot in our society, and I don't think it's just limited to women. I think men experience it as well. But fortunately in my career, I haven't really had to do... The Hotbox Girls were risque but they were tasteful right i feel like i've been lucky and i haven't felt uncomfortable doing anything on stage or off thank god but yeah it's very prominent in our society but i think it's turning around now and we're focusing more on empowering people instead of looking at them as objects so that's good have you struggled with trying to be skinny or like i actually haven't even though i grew up in front of a mirror Dancing. I'm a dancer who eats everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I never had any negative feelings towards my body. Thank God. Lucky you. Oh my God. So Benji, speaking of body, your body's ridiculous. Um, I can't believe that um, I'm seeing you, yeah, you eat right now. Thank um, you. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I think, especially now, it's becoming part of, in, in general, but use you specifically as your product. Right. Part of what you're selling and whether it's social media or whatever. So now that's, you're adding something else to your plate of singing, dancing, acting, and, you know what I mean, having mm-hmm. a body that looks like you live at the gym. Like, do you even have time for the show? How is that? Because that's a whole other world of discipline yeah. that you have to do. I think what has helped me, why I've just been fortunate, because I was raised an athlete. I was a gymnast and a swimmer. And so work ethic and your body, like it's been my tool for a long time. Mm. Like as, as, as I was trying to facilitate like my artistic side as a kid, I was also facilitating the athletic side. And I live in a very athletic home where like when we are all home together, we like go play home run derby. Like we have a basketball tournament in the backyard. Like being active has always been in my bones and in my life. So when I got to college, I think what, what it was for me and why it has worked for me and been healthy for me and why I feel like I am on the positive side of this coin. I was having issues with like joint pain with as much dancing as we do. It was like, the, you know, like we're not 18 anymore. Everybody says that. You start to notice when you're dancing eight to 10 hours a day, the aches and pains. Dancing eight shows a week, what that's gonna feel like and whatnot. I've never been a person that likes painkillers. I've never been a person that, I don't drink alcohol at all. Mm. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty, much like a health nut about like what I put in my body as far as like chemicals and whatnot. Like I'll eat a cheeseburger when I want to eat a cheeseburger and like I'm gonna have pizza once a week because it makes me happy. But as far as like drugs and alcohol and like medications and stuff, I've been really weird about that my entire life. So I was doing research in college at like what I can do to help myself that doesn't include like taking ibuprofen and this and this and that. And I read a lot of articles that were just like, sugar causes so much inflammation in the joint. You have to eat like you're fueling a machine. Like what you put in your body is then used as the fuel that takes you through the rest of the day. And so when I started reading these articles and these books in college, that's when I, like, it clicked for me. And being healthy also helped me aesthetically. It's just meant more to me for the longevity of my body. And then I slowly then, it made a difference in how I looked as well. Mm. And then that quickly I caught on 
got me good attention. Yeah. You know, and who does, I mean, like, we'd all be lying if we would say, like, a little bit of attention. Like, who doesn't like attention and to an extent? And so it was nice that something I was doing that was good for me, like that I felt was good for me and healthy for me, was good for my career. Like it worked for me, you yeah. know? Like, like dancers are athletes. Right. And this is like the only body you get. So it was great. But it's funny because all the way up to like this last year, it was really easy to maintain. Like it was very realistic. Like I was in, I'm still in like my, I was in my like younger 20s. So it was easier to feel good and work hard. But now it's like, it slowly gets harder to work out every day and do a show. It like slowly, your body slowly doesn't recover as quickly. And I dislocated my shoulder a year and a half ago on the bodyguard. And even since that, it's like hard to work out too much because I shouldn't be pushing it too much because I'm trying to do eight shows a week. But right. but in the bodyguard, we're shirtless the first half of the show. So like I do have to be at the gym. So like that's it became hard for me to maintain when I was dealing with an injury. Yeah. Like when your, I was- bodyguard like, Instagrams were, I was just like, I had to like, I wanted to unfollow you. So I was like, I cannot drool over my friend. But that was part of, the was part the, of your job was, yeah, you had to be sure. That was part of that show. Like the choreographer huddled us up in rehearsals and was like, now you all need to put on at least like five to 10 pounds of muscle. She was like, you're all like beautiful, but you're not big enough. We all were like, oh, like, <laughs> like shot to the heart. Like, oh, I thought we were doing great. Like, I th you know, like, wow. I was pretty happy with how I looked, but okay. <laughs> that show was, they really wanted us to like aesthetically be like, you know, this big masculine energy. Cause we were like backup dancers in a musical. Mm. So like they wanted us to look like LA boy, like backup dancers, like big, muscly men surrounding this like beautiful superstar Deborah Cox. It was hard and on the road and it was it was tough and with the injury. It's interesting to find that like I don't want I don't want that to only be the only thing people like see me as, you right. know? Cause like I have a degree in dance and like I have lots of technical training. I've been singing my entire life. Like I have these other skill sets that I'm really proud of. But it's so easy for people to like be like, well the abs, you know, hire those and Aww. or it's easy for people to see that I got a job and just assume that. Whereas like I'm like I've worked a lot harder in other ways too. Yeah, you know, so it is. It's a little bit of a weird. It's such a weird world, and now with like the Me Too and like it being like overly sexualized, and then like that line of crossing where people then come at you sexually, and you're like, well, I am like body rolling naked up here, but like that doesn't mean I want you to, you know. Yeah. It's an interesting balance, and it's one that I've been like very grateful for the work. But now I'm like got to keep the body healthy. In this show, like my shoulders have been so tight, trying to do eight shows a week, pull back on the gym, focus on your job first and foremost. Well, so Riza, you are spitfire of a young lady or not woman. I'm not sure what term you like. Yeah, but you're all, but you're you're this tiny little thing. You mentioned it earlier about like, oh, is it because of my height? As a woman, you probably have body images stuff, but also just as a human, you have height issue stuff. I do too. I'm, I say I'm 5'8", I'm barely 5'8", I'm like 5'7 five, five, and a half. I'm like barely 5'1", but I say 5'1", which is still short, so. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So what's your experience been like? When Alicia said she yeah. never had weight issues yet, you'd be like, oh. <laughs> that's just like amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's different from like being a like short person, but Japanese culture is so much on like what you look like and being a skinny person. And I don't have the body of the normal Asian girl body type. I have athletic legs, uh, I have butts, and... Multiple, multiple butts. <laughs> multiple. <laughs> <laughs> Like you have to lose weight, you have to lose weight just by like everyone. 
And one of the things that like people said when I was leaving Japan is like, don't get fat like the Americans. So like in my brain when I first came here, I was like, I can't get fat, I can't get fat. So I mean, body image is just you know like everybody comes from different places or、mm-hmm. like brain headspace, but that's where my body image issue or whatever was. So that's amazing that you didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's been okay. It's been. I mean, my body image. Like I'm happy with where I am,、yeah. and I've never really had issue with my height, like mentally. I mean, of course, like I probably didn't get the jobs because of my height. But at the same time, sometimes I would get the job because of my height, and I've been lucky enough to like play Connie from Coruscant a couple times, and that she has a song about being four foot ten. So you have to be short, right? And you can't. If I was any taller than this, then I wouldn't be able to play that part, and I love the show. Right. So, whenever I feel like, oh, I didn't make this cut because of my height, I would try to think that. It's like I'm lucky to be this height because if the time comes, I could play this part again. Right. So again, mean girls, we have to be high schoolers, and it came in handy that I was short, look young, and everything. So I, I have a pretty positive. Thing about being short person, don't really have a problem. And are you understudying in the show? Yeah,、uh, I understudy Janice, just really fun part. Have you started understudy rehearsals yet? We just had the music rehearsal the other day.、It's、exciting. Yeah, so it's really exciting to sing through the show. And Barrett, who is Janice on Broadway right now, her voice is amazing. Like it's ridiculous what she can do with her voice. So I'm just like, okay, I gotta step up my game. I gotta build the shit out of the shell <laughs> when I go on for my language. <laughs> But I'm really excited.、Yeah. What I'm also excited about understanding this part is that Barrett is not Asian. She's not short. You know, I I don't look anything like her, but they decided to give me the understudy for me, which is really exciting. Yes, because Gretchen、uh, Ashley Park, yeah, who plays her, yeah, who plays Gretchen is Asian. If I were to be understudying someone, I thought I would be understudying her. Yeah, but it wasn't her, so it was just like, wow, they're really open-minded, and to be giving this part、mm-hmm. for me was just really exciting. Oh, that's so great! Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's there's hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, question for all three of you: When you got into the theater and you got, you're like, this is Broadway. What was the thing that you're most shocked at? I guess I say disappointing. I mean, I know like at like the, some of the theaters I've gotten into, you're like, okay, th- my local theater in my hometown is nicer than this backstage. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think that there's such, we there's we put such a high expectation that there are some realities that you are shocked and disappointed. What was The biggest one that you were. Well, I hear that we're very lucky in、mm. our building. We have an elevator. <gasps> What?、Oh, yeah. No. When people, when people talk to me, they're like, "You're really spoiled for your debut because it's not like this everywhere." <laughs> our stairs, when we do climb stairs, there's just a few to get、right. to the deck. We don't have to climb like、mm. steps and steps and steps, but they're padded. <laughs> So like、What? it absorbs the shock. <laughs> so I don't think the building itself let me down. Right. But I did find it was hard balancing my personal life with the schedule because in the past I've been out of town and in a bubble. So my whole life was just the show. Like I would get up, get ready to do the show, do that. 
but here we're home. So you and have, you're a newlywed. <laughs> So I found it really hard to see my husband even because he's on an opposite schedule and family and friends because I was always so exhausted and like trying to balance that was difficult at first. But now I'm in the swing of things. Right. But that was the most shocking part because I had done this schedule before. Right. But just being home and having to tackle different things in your personal life as well was really hard to balance it. Benji? I'm 100% on the same page. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't talked about this. It was It's mind-blowing to me. I feel like I'm living two lives now. Like I have two completely separate lives that need equal attention. Yes. But there's still only one of me. Because yes. like I'm on tour, it's like, you don't know anybody in this town that you're at. Your friends are the people you're at work with, who are the people that you're living with, who are the people that you're like traveling with, having friendships and the show. And like, it was just, so much easier and I wouldn't have said that back on the road I wouldn't have said that tour life was easy but like socially it was I didn't have to stress about my friends no. because we were always spending time together like I did, our schedules always matched up yeah when you get here and I'm like I don't see my roommate for like weeks at a time he and me and him are like best friends since college he's gone in the morning before I'm even awake and then when I get home at night after the show he's already in bed and <sighs> So that alone is like the first, like one of the first of many friendships that have been really hard to maintain. And I'm not yes. even married. I can't imagine yeah. like a husband. It is. It's, that's been the biggest shock to me. I didn't think that would be a thing. I me never, either. I never even like crossed my mind that it'd be really hard to like see my friends outside of work. And then I'm also like brand new to show and trying to facilitate friendships in my show and trying to like build those and get to know these people yeah. that I'm working with every night. What about you, Riza? Yeah, I mean, tagging on to that, right now, I don't have a life because. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still in, well, you're still in rewrites and. Yeah, we're doing previews and Broadway is such like a dream and it's like it's this whole thing that you've been dreaming of this whole time. But then when you get into it, it's still work. And I didn't know how hard it was gonna be with tech previews and doing the show and all that and maintaining my body and health and then also to have a life outside and and you I, just started dating someone yeah which is exciting but now you can't see them <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> i'll see you after we open yeah so it's this whole thing where in dc i got laryngitis Ooh. and i lost my voice and i couldn't i had to call out for like two days and even when i got back in the show i still was struggling and that's when i was like okay, I need to do something about it and make sure that my health comes first. Right. And to be able to do the show is my priority. So like doing all the PT and everything, like keeping in check with my body. So rolling out after the show, icing and everything so I don't get to go to sleep till later, but still that's the priority. And just keeping my voice healthy. So sometimes I don't get to do the stage door because after the show I'm exhausted and I really love the fans but I don't think I can do 20 minutes of saying thank you so much for coming to the show. My voice is already tired Yeah. and that's those are the days where I feel really bad walking out not saying hi to the fans but it's just, the balancing of that is really hard. I, I find it hard but I'm really excited to open the show and have a life but it sounds like it's hard as hell as that. Oh, yeah. Still <laughs> yeah, and then you're gonna have under rehearsal every Thursday, right. yeah. Friday, and then put-ins. I mean, yes. you guys have put-ins probably like once a month over there. Yeah, yeah, it comes in waves. Yep. Yeah. And then we 
if we have the Tonys rehearsals, everything, and we have the cast recording coming up, and so I know I'm gonna be busy till after Tony season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's all exciting. But it's something that like I'm learning that to be able to keep everything in check. And <laughs> going back to the theater, the <laughs> <our> theater, <laughs> I am very grateful. But Ensemble lives on the fourth floor of the walk up. <laughs> and <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> After the show, it does not get easier, and I'm just climbing every day. It's like, woo, one more floor. <laughs> but it's you know it's something that like I didn't know, but I'm so grateful. Right. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't not do the show because there's not an elevator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I always go back to the dressers that have to walk up that with baskets oh. and shoes. Oh well, we actually don't go to the dressing room during the show because there's so many stairs and we have too many changes. Mm. So we go downstairs in a tiny little room, maybe like fourth of this room with eight girls, with three dressers, and all of our costumes are in one tiny room. And that's where we do most of the changes. Okay. If we're not quick changes, upstairs. Because we uh, never leave the stage. Yeah. So, mm. that's what happens. So do you wear, do you, is there a whole pink section of the show? I guess you can't really tell us, so give it away. We have an LED, LED screen, so they play with that. Mm. With the pink theme and everything. Because, I mean, we're not invited at the Regina's table, so we can't really wear pink with them, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you can't with us! Yeah, they, we can't sit with them, so... <laughs> so you'll see if I get to sit with No. <laughs> I called my niece Regina George once, and she took it as a compliment. I was like, uh, I was like, that is not a compliment. Uh, I was trying to insult you. She was like, snapping for selfies. She just, just oh. didn't care. I know. Oh, wow. We made it to a mean girl. Uh-oh. Uh, so sad. Trouble. I know. Uh, so what has been something that has been like amazing, just with your Broadway debut? Something that like exceeded your expectations? I think just how nice everyone is mm. in the building. They've quickly become like a second family and I just feel really lucky and the whole building is so positive and happy so I love going to work every day mm -hmm. so that's been great that exceeded my expectations yeah. I knew I would love having my family in the audience for the first time but like having your family in the audience for the first time is just outrageous like mm. my mom has driven driven me to every gymnastics lesson every dance class like, my dad bought all those tap shoes and ballet tights without a question asked they put so much into it too so like seeing my mom just like glowing that first night she was there like i knew it was gonna be good but like you know it just it's it was so good yeah it was so funny my grandma came she's 82. my grandma when i was little we grew up i had, I had kind of had like three parents like mom dad and grandma we lived in her house and she would play the piano for me when I had like new music to learn and like she got me involved in like her church choir and I, I did like an opera with her like she's been like the one that was really pushing art into my life because my parents were both athletes my mom's like a PE teacher my dad was like a double full ride scholarship athlete so my grandma was the, like the musician so like having her there too like she hates New York City but she was here she came and saw it and it was that was like my like my shining moment and Risa 
well, I can't wait for that for me. Yeah, so they're waiting until opening? Yeah, my mom's gonna come at the end of May. Opening, my boyfriend's gonna be my date. And that's probably gonna be easier because my mom doesn't speak English. So if she was to be here, it would be harder for her. Yeah. For me too. I wanted that night to be like important with her being there and me being able to be there really with her. Um, so it's not gonna happen for a while, but I can't wait for mm -hmm. that. Oh, fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, it's the best. For me, being a part of the original Broadway musical yes. is something that I dreamed of, but I didn't know it was coming at me this fast. Right. And we all have character names, even though we're ensemble, and Tina gave all of us names. Which well, who was that? <laughs> Tina who? Tina Fey, I don't know oh. if you guys know her. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Sophie Kawachi in the show, and Kawachi is a Japanese name, like last name, which I thought was really cool that she gave me that last name. Yeah. With my character and Greg Barnes is the. Uh, hello. Also. He did that too. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Like all this Greg Barnes. Yeah. All the Casey Nicola. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he hires the same. He's, like he's smart. He, he's the costume designer and. He did my podcast. <gasps> oh wait! No way! Yeah, he did my because he, he's a fan of it. And so I interviewed him about designing costumes for the ensemble. And he talked a lot about Aladdin. Aladdin oh. was his big one and his favorite and his biggest disappointment because Tony's oh, yeah. snubbed him. So it's oh. very interesting that like, no, but so I love Greg Barnes, but yeah. he's, he's, he's the best. He's literally the best person. I went into the costume fitting for like the first time and uh, you know, I got fitted into all these things. It was almost like I was at a shop with all these like urban outfitter clothes and free people and all these clothes, but he had all this like this sketch of how he wanted my character to look, but also he was so open for like, so which dresses do you like? And so I love flowery things, so a lot of my clothes have flowery prints, and he incorporated my like Risa Takahashi into Sophie Kawachi. So cool. Whoa. And like I love like fun socks, like like the socks with like teddy bear on it oh yeah and they saw that in the costume fitting so they, i sophie kawachi has all these fun socks that i get to wear in the show that's so cool so like that's something i thought it was so cool to be building a character with the costume department and with the director and with the writers even and my characters i don't want to say just the ensemble but no there's no just that's what the point of this podcast is yeah there's no just and that i thought was so amazing that like they took everything like seriously and my character seriously and all my little lines were even directed to yeah <laughs> so yeah oh i love that <laughs> i love that yeah. All three of us have, I mean, all four of us have a major connection uh, making your Broadway debut with Casey Nicola. I actually made my Broadway debut with Casey Nicola, but we were in a show together. Oh no! Oh yeah, my yeah. We sat next to each other in Steel Pier. And so, like, we've been friends from working together. So you get to see him every day. But I mean, is it weird? How often does you see him at Aladdin? So he stops in quite often. Like, I think he stops in and doesn't say anything it's like a surprise but i've met him twice since i've been in the company he's come to see the show and given us notes so i felt really fortunate to interact with him yeah and i haven't seen him yet oh yeah, oh. yeah i haven't seen him at the theater yet i saw him at my first like couple rounds of auditions for Aladdin, but okay. that was a while ago. So I haven't seen him since joining. Yeah. Unless he's sneaking in the back and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I hear, that he does that. He does but that. But I don't know when it is, oh, so right. don't quote me on that. Right. <laughs> uh, 
is for, for music. You guys wrote like nine new songs since DC or something like that? I don't know. We changed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the craziest thing was a week before preview began, we got a whole new finale song. And we were just like, okay, let's put on our big boy pants and just learn the song and let's do this. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy pants right now. But I think we are in a good place right now. The show is in a good shape. So we're starting to feel like we're getting to do the same show as opposed to it's like all over the place. So it's good. And we have a little more rehearsal next week and we're going to freeze soon, hopefully. Oh, good. Doing a new musical is such an honor, but also crazy things to experience. Yeah. There's not much change in the ensemble as of now. Who knows on Monday we're getting a new song. Right, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so, but I don't know. Oh. They'll never say never. Yeah. is <laughs> like so wonderful. Again, like he brought us all on stage. That's so cool. During the debuts. Yeah. And just like he just means so well. And because I didn't do the lab, when I first came into the rehearsal, the first day of rehearsal in DC, he just was so welcoming and made sure that I felt comfortable and they knew all of all of it. Most of the company knew everything. Right. Especially the ensemble knew everything except me. So they were flying through. It was almost like a put-in. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Without learning the songs or anything, not knowing what it was, and just basically it was just dropped. Mm. Like, whoa, <laughs> what's happening around me? Yeah. But it was just so fun. Oh, that's everybody right. was so sweet. So Alicia, your Broadway debut is not as fresh as say Reese's. So now that you've been in Aladdin for some time now, are you looking at it like I could stay here a long time and get invest in golden handcuffs as they say? Yeah. I really am. I'm coming up on my year anniversary. It's wow. next Wednesday. Wow. <laughs> and comparatively in the company, it's still kind of new because people stay for a while in Aladdin. Like mm. Some people have been in since the beginning, so four wow. years. A lot of people at least two years. So I'm still relatively new yeah. still, but I'm still in love with it. And I'm fortunate enough to be in a, an attendant. So I have some speaking lines and yeah. solos. So I'm like super excited to get to do that on a Broadway stage. Yeah. Like I couldn't have asked for anything more for my debut. I think I could tell this story for a long time. <laughs> oh, well, then that's good. Yeah. yeah good. As long as I can. <laughs> Benji, you talked about being put into a show that you're good at it. How is it, though, when you're being put in, especially something as great as a Disney show is, there's not a lot of room for your own personal creativity. They're very much like, this is what works already, right. this is how you do it. Is it weird knowing that, like, this is going to be my job exactly like this for eternity and you don't get to bring part of uh, Cheetah Rivera there. <laughs> you just have to be like, do oh, exactly. She's always there. She's always no. <laughs> um, I think that as dancers, we are good at being told how to dance, what to do. Like, I think we're good in that structure. Like, I, I function extremely well in structure. Like, my school was very structured. Working for Disney is very structured. Mm -hmm. Being in, like, a set track, you know? Not to say that I, I love creating, too. Yeah. I think that within, like, I, like, have my track, I have my choreo, I need to dance it to an extent, like, exactly like this. I think I still have room to shine. And mm -hmm. I, like, I'm still new. So, you know, maybe in a year, eight shows a week, it won't feel like that. But, like, right now, I don't feel, like, stifled by it. I don't feel like suffocated by like that at all and that I didn't get the option to like build it like 
Riza was saying, and I think that that's a dream someday, and I would love that someday yeah. to be like the reason that a track does X, Y, and Z, and wears this and says this. Like that would be the dream, but like this is my first Broadway show, and it's like Aladdin, which was like a childhood movie that I adore, and it's like beyond thrilled to do the choreo set by Casey Nick, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And so for where I'm at in life and what I need out of like a job, it's like beyond what I could wish for. Yeah. And I like will hope to continue to artistically grow if it's in Aladdin for the next four years or whatever comes next. Like I would love to continue to grow and push artistically and see where like that leads and maybe even get to create my own work someday as a choreographer. Wow. But you do these like little things first to build that. Yeah. And with reason, I can't really ask that question because you're just like, I just need to get through the Tony Awards. You know, because uh, it's like, because you don't even know, like, you're hoping for the golden handcuffs. But it just seems like with, yeah. with Tina Fey, Casey Nicola, and Regina George, that you guys are going to be around for a while. That's the hope, yeah. for sure. I mean, I'll do the show for as long as I can. I mean, I created this track. Yeah, and yeah. everyone will have to wear your bare, your bare socks. Yes. <laughs> Everybody who does the reason track will have to do We're that. Oh my god, they're That's so cool. There's this troll socks that I get to wear on the beginning of Act 2. <laughs> and it's so funny because troll is Greg's favorite. Greg grew up with trolls and the socks is Greg's favorite and it's the littlest things that no one can see but like me and one time in DC the dresser couldn't find it and it was a whole saga where it's like where is the troll socks <laughs> and it was the craziest thing that I didn't even know it was like that important at that point and and they now <laughs> Joby who's like this, I love Joby sweetest she's like the best person she comes up to me and is like Lisa troll socks is really important for your track even if you leave that will stay in your track <laughs> and it was the funniest thing to me because it was like great so now they have a whole bag of troll socks yes. ready to be worn at any time <laughs> I love that I love those details yeah, yeah. and yes. like I have this other cat socks, sorry, this is like off on a tangent. No, no. I have this cat socks, but it got worn off, so it like torn apart. And Joby again <laughs> came up to me and was like, the cat socks, they're dead. <laughs> and I was more broken. <laughs> oh my god, I was like, now you have to wear a unicorn kitty cat socks. I was like, um. okay. <laughs> but those are the little things that matters to my track that like no one really knows yeah and i mean i want to stay in this track for as long as i can yeah but i'd be interested to see what this other person who comes in and take over my track <laughs> is gonna be wearing or feel about my track yeah it's like i don't want to wear these troll socks and i was like what is this troll socks yeah. and the wardrobe has to tell them that, that it's the, the most very... important part of my yeah track. your character is based on troll socks yes kind of yeah <laughs> So up to this point in your whole career, it doesn't have to be your Broadway debut, but it can be. What has been like the highlight of this your whole journey to here? It would probably be getting to play the role of Anita. I was in the first national tour and I got cast as an Anita understudy. And before that, I had never played a lead. I was always an ensemble person, so I didn't even see myself as that. And I was like, okay. I guess we'll tackle this. Yeah. <laughs> so I was terrified. <laughs> but 
but I really grew into the role and I, I was on the road for two years so I was able to do it a lot and it became comfortable and it changed my life and it changed my view of what I could do as an actor so that was really cool. That's a really good one. Ben? I think for me it was getting to be the dance captain for Bodyguard because we were creating a show from scratch like you know they've done it in London but we were the US premiere. It was really cool because I've been a dance captain before this, but what really was the most exciting for me and the biggest, I guess, the biggest moment for me in this career was I started running auditions for it. Oh, Like, cool. I got booked that night, like I had to call back that day, got the job that night, went back in the next morning to be trained to run the auditions, because the creative team was British. So the entire creative team was going back to London, and so it was on me and Paul Hart to like, finish casting the show. It was kind of like, you know, sink or swim, you're gonna start casting now, you know, running these dance calls and casting the show. And it was the most fun. Like, it was so hard, but like, so enlightening. Like, being on the other side of the table is so refreshing. And it's just so cool to see what it looks like. And like, you give so much at these auditions. And I loved being there and respecting these dancers for what they're giving me. Cause I'm, I was just there like a day ago. Like, I get it. Yeah. And I will be there many more times. So it was huge. It was big for me to get to set the standard, like, set the um, energy of a room for all these people coming in who really wanted to, like, be in our show. And I really, really loved that. Like, it made me fall in love with the idea of maybe being a choreographer or casting director someday, way, 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 way in the future. But I loved that side of this career so much. It was like such great exposure. That's cool. That's it was so much fun. And Riza? Well, I haven't been able to go on as Janice just yet, but getting the understudy for the show was such a big achievement for me personally. I mean, of course, getting this job was a big achievement as well. But one, to be a dancer who sings. But now with this, this understudy, I feel like it's, it was a huge deal for me that somebody believed in me that I could sing this part and also act this part. Because I feel like in college and stuff, it was always, oh, you're the ensemble who dances. Mm -hmm. No one really believed in me that I could sing or act more than just like a dancer. That's what I felt like for a lot of the time. So for me to get this understudy was really a highlight of my life. And also just like for them to think I speak well enough English to yeah. cover this role. Well, you do. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. When you said you were born and raised in Japan, I had no idea. Yeah, which is the goal. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I even met you when... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can't wait to go on for her. And yeah. you know, I love acting. And that's my passion most. And that's why, even though I went to performing arts high school for dance, then I was like, I don't want to just dance. I want to be in musicals. I want to be doing more than just dance and sing and act. So that's been my goal to be able to act. And to get this understudy was really exciting for me to have a speaking role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait. Well, that's, I mean, you're all on social media. When you're going on, just make sure you let everyone know. Yeah, I will. Yes, yes. I would I want to see you go on. Yes, yes. I would love that. It would be very interesting. Asian Janice is one thing. Shorter Barrett is really tall, so shorter Janice. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting, but I'm really excited. Yeah. Riza's belting her face off. Oh. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah.
Uh, I always end with a song, so I'm gonna have to do a mashup of three different songs, which uh, might be awesome. So, uh, like, what song right now is the song that, like, in your whole life, that represents you today? There's a song in the show called "I'd Rather Be Me," uh-huh. sung by Janice. Oh. Janice sings. Do you know Mean Girls? The, the movie. movie. Oh, yes. It's uh, when she gets up in the gym to talk about her feeling on the desk. Oh yes, yes. Yes. Before when, the, you don't even go here. Yes. Yeah, that scene. Yeah, that scene. <laughs> I love that scene. Um, <laughs> so good. But this song is beautiful. I don't know how much I can talk about it, but it's basically her saying, "I'd rather be me than being somebody else that." Is not her. So I feel like we all do something to please other people, or we want to be liked by someone, become someone different, or I don't know. I'm really not wording this right, but I feel like a lot of the time people tell you you can't do certain things. Or right. my teacher back at home told me that like just because you're going to America doesn't mean you're gonna be successful. And but I was like, no, I'm just gonna be me. I'm I'd rather be me. And be with you, and I think that's a really powerful statement that Janice has. Well, thank you. I love that. <laughs> ben, what would your song be? For sure, Masterpiece by Jesse J. I have no idea who that is. Oh, it's so I know good. Love. Oh, that's, that's a girl. I was like, you don't know Jesse. You don't know who Jesse J. No, I thought maybe Jesse was a guy. No, but I will. Jesse J. is a Beltrus, like riffer, like superstar. But this song masterpiece, I love the style of it as much as I love the lyrics. So I'm like, I'm a sucker for like a good lyric. Like I'll cry over lyrics of a song, like the emotion of a song. Like I'm all about that. But it also has like this like, da dum, gong gong. It has like a hip hop vibe to it. But then it like in the chorus it gets like smooth and it's it's just like it's deep. The the chorus I'll just like quote her instead of trying to explain it. It's I still fall on my face sometimes. I can't color inside the lines. But I'm perfectly incomplete, and I'm still working on my masterpiece. And I just like she refers to it as a masterpiece. She like with the cracks and with the like the flaws and all the its ins and outs of what made it like whatever like reason she might be weird or slightly off. But like that's the masterpiece of who she is because nobody else is that. And I love that because I've always been you know like a young boy in the performer world. I, this is my masterpiece. Like I am like the best version of me as I am right now. And tomorrow will be a whole nother like a day stronger masterpiece. I'm just like, I'm like a hopeless romantic and like an optimist. And I love that. I love that like embracing what makes you different, embracing what you struggle with and making that like you're the only person who can do it though. And you're the only person who can like grow and be that masterpiece of imperfectness. So I love that song. It's just so good. I'm gonna have to download it tonight. Yeah, it's a jam. It's a jam. I want you to like text me like it's. You're gonna be feeling all the vibes. Oh, all the vibes. Yeah. Jesse J. Jesse J. Jesse J. Alicia, is it, so, the, is it the wedding mark? No, oh. but I do love the wedding mark. I'm actually a closet like theater nerd, so I listen to a lot of show tunes. I love my top forty, but <laughs> lately I've been listening to a lot of Broadway shows. And I really love this song, Our Time, from Mary Lady Roll Along. Oh, yes. And it just talks about like living in the moment and the beginning of a new and exciting time mm-hmm. and really basking in that. And I just feel like that represents what's happening to all of us right now and just like enjoying it. I would think that is great. I'm going to ask Ben one more question. You mentioned your dad buying the tights and being a young boy. Right. How was it we, in the Midwest 
being a young boy dancer wearing ties? Were you bullied? Were you teased? You know, I, I first and foremost, I'm so fortunate that I had parents and siblings that loved that I was like an artist. Like first and foremost at home, as an artist, I was encouraged and pushed and like even if they didn't understand it, they loved it. So when I would get to school and like I didn't quite fit in with the other guys at school or like, you know, when stuff like didn't quite click, I was a very confident human anyway because of my family. Like where like the love, where I learned to love first, like with my family was so rock solid for me that like, it, I mean, it hurt here and there. Like I got made fun of like behind my back, never to my face. I don't think, again, I can't think of a single time where somebody would like say something horrible to my face, but you know, people talk behind my back and it hurt when you're young here and there, but like pretty quickly and pretty young, I was fortunate to like brush that off. Cause like my parents and my family loved me. And then my best friends were just, they're still my best friends. Like my three, or four girl best friends back at home are like my rock still. Yeah. Like just they travel all over the world to see me. They go above and beyond what like a friend from like third grade should do. But like we've been friends since third grade and they still are part of that. And so I've always been so encouraged to be the masterpiece I am now. Oh, like I always have been. Those people around me were, I learned quickly, you know, that cliche quote, like, wait, those who mind don't matter, those who matter don't mind. Like mm. it's, it's cliche because it's very true. Very if true. you can like really yeah. embrace that. So yeah, I mean, I had my like issues of being like a boy dancer and being a little like in touch with my artistic feminine side. Like I like to dress nice, but like the sooner I like came to peace with it and realized the people who loved me the most loved that about me, it didn't matter. And I think that by like high school people caught on to that and respected me for that. People respect a person who will just like, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to cause a fuss. I'm just truly trying to be happy and live my life the best way I can. Yeah. And that's like hard at a young age to do. And so I think that it was either like let it get under my skin or get over it. And I le learned quickly that I could get over it and I would be fine. Well, thank you guys so much. You guys were amazing. I'm so like, I love the fact that I worked with uh, Riza and Benji together. And you know what I mean? I worked with you just this year. So it's, yeah. it's so fun to watch people that I know like thrive. And you're all really talented and, and nice people. And so I like, I like that. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thanks for having thank us. You. <laughs> Something is stirring, shifting ground, it's just begun. Edges are blurring all around, and yesterday is done. Feel the flow, hear what's happening, we're what's happening. Don't you know, we're the movers and we're the shapers. We're the names in tomorrow's papers. Up to us, man, to show them. It's our time, breathe it in. Worlds to change and worlds to win. Our turn coming through. Me and you, man, me and you. This is Broadway's Backbone. Leave a message. So much has changed since last time I was sitting with Brad Bradley and discussing my Broadway debut on his podcast. Now I'm sitting in downtown Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm currently working on the new musical Moulin Rouge. It's just kind of crazy and full circle with getting to sit down and chat about the dreams that were coming to Broadway with Aladdin and then talking about dreams in the future of possibly getting able to be a part of a new show or a new project originating a track. And now Brad has reached out to me about 
talking about what that has been like now actually getting to live that dream and be a part of building my own track in a new show and how cool it's been being here in Boston working for Alex Timbers and Sonia Taya. It's kind of like my old high school, middle school dream coming true with my years growing up watching Sonia on TV and now getting to like dance for her every day is kind of blowing my mind still. I'm not quite used to it and I'm not sure I will be, but it has been such a fun project and such a wild ride with going from Agrabah eight shows a week to now in Boston and being a part of this world premiere and kind of building it from the ground up and all the adventures that come with that. But it has been a really cool experience seeing how how much work goes into building a show and watching every day how the directors and the composers get together and see what's working, what's not working, and then the next day we come in with slight changes and new songs and everything just moves so quickly and it feels like we have so much time till the show opens, but then you see how much work goes into the details and creating such a beastly show like this with so much, with so many expectations behind something like Moulin Rouge the movie, but it's truly been just such an amazing ride with growing up watching Sonia, as I said, and then growing up watching the movie, and now getting to be a part of the original cast is just kind of mind-blowing, and I kind of go to work every day feeling shocked and still kind of in awe that it's like my job to get to be a part of this. But I'm loving every moment, and I'm so excited to share it with the world and everybody to see Moulin Rouge the musical. Feel how it quivers on the brink What? Everything Gives you the shivers, makes you think There's so much stuff to sing And you and me will be singing it like the birds Me with music and you the words Tell them things they don't know Up to us, pal, to show up change and worlds to win our turn we're what's new me and you pal me and you feel the feel the flow hear what's happening we're what's happening long ago all we had was that funny feeling saying someday we'd send them reeling now it looks like we can just began this is broadway's backbone leave a message hi brad this is Riza. it's been a minute since we recorded this podcast but now i'm happy to tell you that i'll be performing on the tonys it's insane uh, it's crazy that that's even happening it hasn't even hit me yet but i think when we rehearse the Radio City in the morning perform at our theater and then bust back to the Radio City and perform. I guess it'll hit me. Um, <laughs> and also, we were nominated for the Chido Rivera Awards and we won for Outstanding Ensemble in a Broadway show tied with Carousel Ensemble. And uh, that was also a crazy day we did not expect we did not know at all and all of the ensemble were really excited and we were also just so happy to be sharing that award with carousel because they're 
ensemble is also amazing. We were just so happy to be recognized of our work and Casey's work that is so amazing and so fulfilling to be dancing. So we're so honored and couldn't be happier. So that's it. So if you get a chance, check it out and the Tonys with our choreography and Casey's choreography. That's it. <laughs> Bye. Love you, Brad. It's our heads on the block. Give us room and start the clock. Our time coming through. Me and you, pal. Me and you. Me and you. There. There it is. Say it for me. You call it Sputnik. You call it a miracle. We're standing on the threshold of the future. We gotta be the luckiest people who ever lived. After this moment, this moment that the three of us are sharing here together, nothing's ever gonna be the way it was ever again. Do you guys realize that now we're gonna be able to do anything, anything we ever dreamed of? What a time to be starting out. What a time to be alive. Something is stirring, shifting ground, it's just begun. Edges are blurring all around, and yesterday is done. Feel the flow, hear what's happening, hear what's happening. Don't you know we're the movers and we're the shapers? We're the names in tomorrow's papers Up to us now to show up It's our time, breathe it in Worlds to change and worlds to win Our turn coming through Me and you, pal, me and you Years from now we'll remember and we'll come back by the rooftop and hang a plaque This is where we began Being what we can It's our heads on the block Give us room and start the clock When she not nice Well I have some advice Cause it's happened to me twice Here's my secret strategy It always works because The world doesn't end It just feels like it does So raise your right finger And solemnly swear Whatever they say about me I don't care I won't twist in knots to join your game I will say you make me mad And if you treat me bad Is that really fair, boys? 
Inside 